Manchester has had a huge regeneration process behind it over the past 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. It's it unrecognizable now, really, isn't it? So yeah. If you think about from early 2000s to, to now. Yeah. It's, it's the pace of change is, is, I think it's, it's phenomenal. It's just grown and it's snowballed. So it's, you know, the pace of growth now is probably greater than it's ever been in the past as well. So. My name is Nick Nagarko and you are locked into Culture TV. For the culture, by the culture. Let's go. Tim, thanks so much for coming down, mate. Thanks for having me along. How you doing? Very good. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. Good to meet um, God, it's been a it's been a busy start to the year in a good way. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lots going on. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And uh, you know, a, a big variety. I like that though. I can't say no to stuff. So that's that's my thing. I can't say no to to new ideas. And yeah. And uh, I think I think uh, I think busy people um, attract attract to other busy people. Yeah. So, um, and attract more busyness. Yeah. I think they do. Yeah. I know you're the same. So, <laughs> um, so that's one of those things. But I, but I like that. I like that variety. So for the sake of our listeners who, who, who might not know a bit about your background, could you just sort of give me a, like a little brief insight into exactly what it is that you do and sort of how you've got into this sort of position that you, you are currently in today? Yeah. yeah so I'm a pro- property developer, yeah. but we, you know, we refer to ourselves as a social impact property yeah. developer. So anything we do has to have a positive social impact, okay. be it creating super energy efficient buildings or banning buy-to-let investors or restoring conservation buildings. Banning buy-to-let investors. Yeah, we, yeah that's right. Yeah, we ban the buy-to-let investors. We only sell to owner occupiers. Right. People are going to live in the houses themselves. So, and I got into that because, well, I grew up down the road in Salford mm-hmm. um, and um, I studied in Manchester at Manmet Uni yeah. and, and I studied law, um, went to be a lawyer. What kind uh, of law did you study? Well, you study all of Conveyancing law. When you stu- well, that's part of it. Yeah, you have to study everything. <laughs> yeah. And then you got to study all, sadly, and you yeah. rotate around. Uh, and I did it because I thought well, that's a great way to make a, a lot of money. And then yeah. if I can make a lot of money, then I can be independent. Yeah. And that was my, so that was always my big push is I want to be independent. I don't yeah. want to have to answer to anybody. Yeah. Which you, you feel like you have to when you're at school and high school and, yeah. and college and everything else like that. So that was my thought. That was my thought process. But that was a bad idea because I, I was not a very good lawyer. Um, really? Yeah, I Why? Like, I think I'm more. I think w- w- as a lawyer, you got to follow the rules. That's the that's the game. You follow the rules. You follow yeah. the precedent of what's gone before. Yeah. And you know, previous law exists by you know whatever laws been made in the past through mm-hmm. case law. Whereas I'm not, not that conventional. I prefer. I consider myself more on the creative spectrum. So yeah. you know, I like to break the rules somehow and break yeah. that. Uh, you know, not follow the rules, and so, and that's not good if you're a lawyer because that ends up in jail. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I didn't want to, didn't want to do that. Um, and then um, I was always, I was always interested in, um, I've always liked uh, that process of taking something and restoring it and improving it and yeah. adding value to it, and, yeah. and and seeing something that other people don't see and mm-hmm. and taking. Uh, some pride in, in in creating something that's been unloved or unwanted. Like yeah. when I was at uni, some of my mates were studying art. Yeah. I used to buy their artwork off them, their yeah. samples or their test work, and I'd frame it really nice yeah. and um, and make it look great, and I'd yeah. sell it. Um, on I used to sell it online on eBay when yeah. eBay was in its right. So you buy it off them for a five and it's like yeah. five hundred quid kind online. Of. Yeah, kind of <laughs> exactly. And I, and so I kind of do that now. If you think about it, I'm upcycling stuff now. Yeah, I did it for a bit with cars actually. So in Trafford Park, I used to go to the car auctions, buy a beat up yeah, yeah, banger. Yeah. And restore it, make yeah. it beautiful again, yeah. um, and then sell it, and um, and and so, and then I decided, you know what, I could probably do that with a house, you know, and yeah. bought a derelict family home in Salford, been derelict for a decade or more, and I turned yeah. it into a really nice family home, and 
and sold it. So it's just a, kind of an, an upcycling process, recycling. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think that's... Um, Would you say you're upcycling the city centre? Yeah, in parts. Yeah, a little bit, sorry, definitely. <laughs> upcycling city centre. I mean, we, we call it regeneration, but I don't know. Yeah, but upcycling is a much... What uh, is regeneration? Because there's loads of... There's loads of different ways of describing regeneration. What would be your... Yeah. your... I think I think <clears> the <throat> difference with, with regeneration versus kind of property development. Property mm. development is is kind of um, serving an existing demand. So that's your standard, you know, there is a demand for our product, be it a, a food store or yeah. a, a housing estate or a hotel, and you build it. Yeah. Regeneration is about creating demand that doesn't exist. It's about um, finding a way of, of, of generating that demand mm -hmm. um, by using a whole variety of different things um, to motivate people to want to work in a location where they wouldn't have done previously or yeah. live in a location where they wouldn't have done previously. And, and that's, you know, that community building part of it. And that's that place making, that branding. Mm -hmm. um, it's about doing a whole host of different things really, which mm. um, all of a sudden makes, makes a place desirable that before then, you know, uh, wouldn't have been desirable. In fact, quite the opposite. Manchester has had a huge regeneration process behind it over the past 20 years. Yeah, yeah, it It's has. unrecognizable now, really, isn't it? So yeah. If you think about from early 2000s to, to now. Yeah, it's, it's, the pace of change is, it's, I think it's, it's phenomenal. It's just grown and it's snowballed. So it's, you know, the pace of growth now is probably greater than it's ever been in the past as well. So Even like the green quarter, it's just right, because... Uh, where where our first office was in the studio was in the Green Quarter, you know, Newmount Street. Of course, yeah. 23 Newmount Street. Yeah. We were there. And like now, it doesn't, I mean, you've got the Angel Pub on the corner. Yeah. It just looks completely different. Yeah, see, at one time that would have been a bit far out, but now yeah. it feels right That's in the central. centre. Exactly. It used to feel far out when we, I mean, I'm talking 2014, 2015, it's five years ago. It's not long, is it? It's not long. When I was literally driving past there, literally finished filming here yesterday. Yeah. And I was driving back to to drop my friend at, at the other studio, and um, and I said, "Wow, look at this place! It doesn't even look the same." Mm -hmm. Like yeah. if you took the Angel Pub out of it, it would look like a completely different area. Yeah. The only fit, the only relic of what of old Manchester is, is that rundown little pub on the corner. Yeah, which I really like that sort of thing yeah, as well. I, I like that pub, and I think that's part you used to have of a it. good beer garden, but it doesn't get in the sun anymore. No, and that's and that, and that's why you've got to be you know if you build nice big buildings around it, and yeah. you've and you and you've but you've blocked out all the sun, then that's no good either, yeah. is it? So, but I think you know for me as well, the important thing is obviously I I because I grew up around here, my mates are here, my family yeah. are here. Then I feel like a, a, an increased sense of responsibility to make sure that I don't do that, like yeah. block off the beer garden yeah. sunlight, you know, because otherwise <laughs> priorities isn't that? Yeah, never let me never let me live it down. Yeah. And um, and I think that helps, you know, to yeah. have that additional kind of like higher kind of uh, bar to uh, mm. in terms of quality and in terms of placemaking, in terms of, of 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 like looking after the city as well. Yeah. So um, but yeah, it's, it, it is phenomenal the, the change and the growth and yeah. the improvement that have occurred is. Is mega. What would you say the difference is? I mean, this is something that I, I do semi-struggle with this, if I'm honest. Like, I don't quite... I'm sure you can enlighten me a little bit more. But what would you say the difference between regeneration and gentrification is? I struggle with it too. Because okay. often, um, uh, you know, often we, we'll go into a location that, yeah. that, that there isn't that demand for it and, and house prices can be low and there can be derelict buildings mm -hmm. there. And actually what, you know, and, and the aspiration is to, well, can we make this place a brilliant place to be again? Can yeah. we make it desirable again? And, and so we'll, we'll turn up and we'll do things like we'll create great green spaces, beautiful looking buildings, mm -hmm. um, a cafe bar, a deli, co-working spaces, perhaps some homes, yeah. um, maybe some townhouses, maybe some apartments, you know, and great, lovely trees, roof terraces. 
But actually, all of a sudden, then that attracts a new uh, a new resident to the yeah. area. And is that going up for 300 grand? Yeah, that's it. 400 grand, so 500 grand, whatever it that, might be. Exactly. So, and, and Greater Manchester is a brilliant example of that where you, you've got um, you've got some suburbs where mm -hmm. everybody kind of wants to be. They move to Manchester from all over, not just the UK, but Europe. Yeah. They study here, yeah. they get a well-paid job, mm -hmm. and then they go to the suburbs. And a lot of them go to Charlton or Didsbury or Altrincham. Mm -hmm. And... That they've become such hot spots that no physically, you know, you can't physically get any more property or people into those locations. And yeah. There's a great opportunity, therefore, for places like Bury and, and, and Oldham and Rochdale and Stockport and yeah. so on uh, to benefit from that. Yeah. Um, and, as the overspill. As the overspill, yeah. yeah. And, and you can actually see the city centre, you know, grow in height and density. Yeah. Uh, and, and expanding so, out. Absolutely. And, and, and at some point, um, that kind of like that it's acting as a dam really of people mm -hmm. at some point they've started to now shift and they're now moving into family mode or yeah. they're going to get a partner or they might get a pet mm -hmm. or they might have kids and they want the, they want to get a bit more space and access to parks and and early years education and so they've got the suburbs and so the great opportunity then in the suburbs for these places to mm -hmm. be regenerated like places like rochdale town center great example where yeah. actually um it's it's suffered from decline over the past 20 years while manchester has been suffering from growth yeah. uh, has been enjoying the growth in the yeah. past 20 years well actually now we can reverse that in rochdale but mm -hmm. we're going to build houses there but you're right those houses will end up attracting people who might have gone to charlton or didsbury mm -hmm. but they come to rochdale because they've got no preconception about what rochdale's like now yeah. now we grew up in greater manchester so we yeah. we have a preconception uh to our, to its detriment almost but we think oh rochdale oh well the town center's not that nice well actually it's amazing now because it's improved massively they've yeah. spent a lot of money and invested a lot of money in rochdale and so same in stockport's a great example again and so, but the people that have moved here from um, Belgium or Berlin or Birmingham yeah. don't know what Stockport Town Centre is like or Rochdale Town Centre is yeah. like, and they get off the tram. And if it looks amazing and, and it's got everything they need, they move yeah, there. But buy, yeah. that, will, that does mean, of course, that all of a sudden the house prices in that area start going up a yeah. lot and you quickly shift. The people who were born and raised in the area can then no longer afford that's, need to live there. that's it if they don't if 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 affordable homes aren't created at the same time mm -hmm. um and if and if and if opportunities for you know for for their own um economic improvement don't exist is there them. a desire for affordable i mean there probably is a desire but is is affordable housing in these new hotspot areas being implemented I think at the minute, probably not because the focus is actually on the region, you know, is, is getting it up off its knees. Because mm -hmm. um, you, if you said, well, let's make sure... Because there's no affordable housing in Didsbury. No, there isn't. Oh, absolutely not. No, no. And there's none in Charlton. Yeah. Withington yeah. is next. Yeah. Withington's already getting more expensive. Yeah, it's just moving If you look along. at like, the old Moat Lane estate, all of the right to buy yeah. is now, is really kicking in. So a lot of these people are buying up those houses. Yeah. So all the estates, the old council estates they're going to eventually all be private. Yeah. In which case, no one's going to be able to afford to live in them because they're then going to increase in price with the surrounding properties. Yeah, yeah. So then where do those people go? And that, that's it. And the, and the problem is, and should the people who have lived there for all that time... Have you know, the right to remain in there? Yeah, is it, and is, there, is it fair to prevent them from enjoying the uplifting value from their property, exactly. I suppose, as well. That's the other challenge, because that's what's happening, really, is, mm -hmm. that, is that the families that have lived there for so long, all of a sudden their property is worth a lot more, and, and, and you know, who can blame them from wanting to sell it for a lot more, because yeah. uh, you, you get that too. Um, and so, but, but yeah, it's a, that is a challenge, so... But in the game, that's the, a kind of a benefit as well, because that's yeah. then giving huge 
sort of cash injections to families who may not have otherwise had the opportunity to get that. That's right. But it's the, it's the next generation on from them, actually. So what happens to that next generation who mm -hmm. might not be able to afford to grow up in the area? And whilst it's an opportunity in some ways, because that means that they can then, you know, move to the next place, place along to help that regenerate and yeah. improve and grow. Um, you know, it's it's... Are we kind of in a sort of limbo where we're sort of mixing between the sort of past and what the new future may look like? So in the past, you would have how a city like Manchester, an old industrial city, was set up with your big factories in the city centre or very close to the city centre. Yeah. Um, with your workers' houses in, in close by areas such as Hume, Ardwick, Gorton, Beswick, et cetera, et cetera. That would be where all the workers would live. Yeah. Now these areas are becoming hotspots, as we'd say. Property prices are uh, increasing massively. The people who live there may no longer be able to afford to live there, so therefore they move further out. But if you move further out, if you move further out from there, you're in Didsbury, you can't live there. Yeah. Cheadle, Gatley, that's the next way up. You can't live there. So yeah, it's almost like we're taking what was the old inner city, we're picking it up and we're putting it out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And yeah. then what was the old suburbs, like your, your Didsbury's, Cheadles, et cetera, they're becoming more localized to the city center. And it's almost yeah. like we're having this uh, reverse effect of how a city was constructed. It's now going from what was the inside out to the outside in. Yeah, yeah, because we know you used to have that city core and then you'd have what was referred to as like a donut of deprivation around the city yeah. core that's kind of started to be consumed by the city core almost. Yeah. That deprivation has almost gone And it's changed. a pattern all over the world, like in New York, London, yeah. all, all over the world we're seeing this same sort of pattern happening. And now obviously yeah. it's yeah. happening here. I think I think the, the, the growth and the regeneration and the gentrification, it might not be a bad thing as long as the, the provision of new homes is keeping pace. Exactly. Yeah. And that those homes are affordable. Yeah. Because it's a great opportunity for Greater yeah. Manchester. You know, for, for so long it's it's it suffered um and from decline and yeah. all of a sudden, you know, over it's it's continued to have this renaissance over yeah. twenty years. And but but definitely you know that, that challenge which was, you know, documented heavily on Manctopia around, you know, the haves and the have nots, the people mm -hmm. who are benefiting from the property boom mm -hmm. versus the people that aren't right. and, and, and that are suffering from it. And um and, and there's two major your issues we're not building enough homes yeah is that uh so that and the population's that, increasing here yeah absolutely which is great i mean yeah. and because we're, we're we're attracting people from all over yeah. the uk and europe and, and you're more likely to get a job here than yeah. you are almost anywhere else in yeah. england yeah and and, they, and then it's, it's almost counter cyclical that mm -hmm. when there's a recession more people move into the city center because that's more likely you know, going to be the places where you're going to get that job so yeah. no matter what's going on in the uk it seems like the you know the place people want to be is this big city greater manchester i think it was um i think it might have been uh i think it might have been sasha or andy who was saying that manchester is the most thriving economy in western europe yeah yeah which I think is incredible. Because it hits so many different um, things on people's uh, need list or want list. And I know that because <clears throat> I speak to the people who bought you know, our, our developments in the city centre, those apartments. I go and ask them what on earth has brought you on a journey because yeah. they they're there from Greece and Spain and Italy <clears throat> uh, and other parts of the UK and, yeah. and Europe as well. And, and, and often they, they say things which is really insightful that we don't 
uh, necessarily, we t- well, we take it for granted that we've got an LGBT friendly city. Yeah. We've got a great business ecosystem. Yeah. We've got great higher education uh, here in our, in our city and great early years education as yeah. well. We've got access to brilliant parks and green space as well. That exists throughout Greater Manchester. Great public transport network yeah. um, that's improving, obviously, yeah. uh, and, and, and getting better. We've got relatively um, affordable homes mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, when you compare it to some of the cities in the South. Say. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a hell of a lot cheaper here. Yeah, and then you've got great culture, nightlife, yeah. um, art scene, uh, you know, great restaurants and bars, cafes and clubs. And, all, and it's all those different things that, uh, you know, we've got, uh, that, that create, you know, politically stable, you know, yeah. um, you know, equal, equal rights are strong. In it. And it's we, we take it for granted because that's yeah. how, what we've grown up with almost, but yeah. actually that doesn't exist across all We do Europe. live in a bubble here. Yeah. Absolutely, and and we're we, we, the advantage that we get is that people won't move here in their yeah. in their droves. Yeah. Um, but then that puts pr- pressure on property prices, yeah. and 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 means that yeah, there's 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 a bit of a uh, there's a squeeze, and often it's the people who are most disadvantaged that get the, squeezed out. And, yeah. and so you know, and it, and, and it's just the way of capitalism, though, isn't it? And it, I think that which is I think which is part part of the problem with 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 the UK at the minute is that capitalism needs the safety net of socialism yeah and we're not really getting the balance that we that i think we need at the moment yeah Yeah. but i think that's become more apparent so once it's it's i think everyone's aware that there's an imbalance now yeah and i think now that it's becoming sort of almost common knowledge that there is an imbalance in the uk i think Mm. there will a balance will will happen yeah um i think having open conversations like this where someone like yourself is saying, look, there needs to be more affordable housing for people. Yeah. I think I think again that creates that shift as well. Yeah. Because think- it's coming from it's coming from up the top down and, and the bottom up. So I think it eventually it all kind of meets in the middle. Yeah. Because any any private business that says, oh well we don't need intervention from the public sector. Yeah. Um, well, if, if if that hasn't been proved wrong as a result of the past, you know, the global pandemic. I mean, so as smart as as smart as the as, as the private business thinks that we are, yeah. When when the chips are down and there's a real problem, we've needed the government to bail us out. Simple yeah. as that. Mm-hmm. And and it's the same in, in in every market that exists. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. The, you know, the, and the housing market being one of it. And so it does need an intervention from the public sector to go. Well, okay, capitalism, you've done great. Thank you very much. Now, but we do need to just interfere here yeah. just to make sure things don't go yeah. ridiculous. And and so um, that's you know, and it's. A same with the housing sector too. We, we need central government to step up and say, right, well, what do we do about creating um, affordable homes, and and what do we do about making sure that there's opportunity for everybody to live yeah. in in that city, despite it growing so fast. Yeah. Can you see Manchester joining London in its pri- in in the pricing of properties? I mean, you can get these flats in London for a million quid, one bedroom flats, and yeah. not great. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know, and and that's actually forcing people out of the city. It's great yeah. for Manchester because people are choosing. Well, I'll go and I'll go and live in Manchester yeah. because it's got the great all yeah. that great stuff that you get. Same in like London. in Brooklyn, like you can get two million pound, and like you're looking at a shit all. I can't. Yeah, and it's two million dollars, whatever it is, and it's you can't absolute... imagine it getting any cheaper in Manchester. Put it that way, and no. actually, you know, yeah, but so, so a lot of people that 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 buy it's a buyer's market now here in yeah. Manchester, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is, and and I think that. Um, I think that yeah, you know, people move here because it's great value compared to London, but it's yeah. still very expensive. You know, yeah. a, a, a one bedroom apartments now in Manchester city centre, ours, mm. yeah. even I think, crikey, you know, ours are, are, are at least two hundred thousand mm. pounds. I remember very recently that that would have got you a really big two bedroom home, yeah. and the two bedroom houses are now kind of three hundred fifty thousand, four hundred thousand. What sort of percentage a year is property growing in Manchester? Would you say? 
think on average it's probably done three to five percent a year. It's really? a lot, you know. It's a year on year on year on year. It's, yeah. it's exponential that growth, I and mean, now we're starting to see it in the suburbs. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah, it's, it's, it's mind boggling actually, and it's not just apartments, but you know, obviously the, the the rate of construction that we built and currently under development of hotels as well, yeah. cafe bars, restaurants, workspaces, offices, mm. um, and so you know, and I I'm, I think it was it, around the time that the Banktopia documentary was out, I said on that documentary, it's like an unstoppable train. Yeah. And actually at the time that could have seemed like naive, a naive and hubris kind of comment to make. But actually you've seen Manchester's uh, bounce back already. Yeah. Um, you've seen it getting busy again. The offices are getting busy again. Yeah, People is, yeah. are, are moving back into the city again. And yeah. actually it, that looks like it's going to be true. That momentum that it's had is going to continue to push it along, it seems. I, I feel like Manchester's a sort of place though that would... The spirit and the culture of Manchester, I, I can't ever imagine it being allowed. Like, it would never allow itself to stay in that sort of yeah. negative, restrained position. It's always going to bounce back. It was always going to come back thriving. But it is amazing to see. It's almost like, I think very quickly we'll see it will be forgotten, this pandemic here. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cause um, I think And the economy's thriving. Yeah. I, th I think I think it's, it's kind of almost in our... It's in, a, it's, in, it's in the generations that have gone before yeah. that, that you know, triumph over adversity, you know, yeah. a post-industrial city that needed yeah. to fight its way back. It's yeah. kind of like it's in the DNA of the city to kind of overcome and to, and to, and to demand better and to, and to help each other along as well, yeah. leave the ladder down for the next people. So I think exactly. all that makes a big difference to a city. How do you see the future going here in Manchester? In the, in the city, crikey, it's... Yeah, it, it's it, it's looking. It looks bright. It looks. Yeah. Um, I think. I think the the engine house of Manchester's always been its higher education organisations yeah. in here. I think that's brilliant, um, and they're increasingly switching their attention to a, a more a more disadvantaged and diverse cohort of students yeah. that they want to get into the university. So yeah. to make sure that you know that, that the, the next generations of graduates that come out of the city are. Um, are, are, are resilient and diverse to avoid groupthink and to avoid, um, you know, to avoid us having a monoculture. I'm really that's that's really exciting evolution of our city. I think in terms of the graduates that we'll attract and the graduates yeah. we'll create because that is attracting you know great employers to the to the city, um, and it's and it's you know creating it's bringing more business, isn't it? It is, yeah, and, and I more think, opportunity. Yeah, Manchester gets that really well, that, and 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 that, that partnership between business and higher education, and partnership between the higher education and the public sector is mm. a really a really compelling uh, proposition. So, what was it like doing the Manctopia documentary? That one was out in September. Yeah, it came out in September, and we were filming it for the two years before it as well. Right, was it two years you filming that? Twenty months. Yeah. Gee. So, 20 how long were you, how were you filming every day? It was on and off sometimes. It depend so, and it kind of it grew over time. I right. think that when 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 they first set out on the journey, they didn't anticipate quite uh, the the scale of the topic. So right. I, I think initially it was set for six months of filming. Right. Um. And and I think that what's happened though is he got into it and they learned about some of the characters and some yeah. of the stories and some of the conflicts that existed. That I think it just expanded the brief and the role. Right. So um, what was great is that they've that the BBC that commissioned the production company to do it said to them actually keep going, go and get some more content. Go and investigate that further. Go and speak to these, those people more. Yeah. Um, and really expand it. Yeah. Uh, and what was what was particularly for me that what was rewarding is that they ask questions that mean that you have to self like reflect on yourself a little yeah. bit. And, and so it was like therapy. <laughs> it was totally yeah. It was. It was like thinking about um, that. Yeah, you have to think like why do you do what you do and yeah. are you doing the right thing yeah. and and um, and what would you do differently and you we, some of the things that we did. I, yeah. I don't know if they sh if they showed all this but we'd go back to places that we started so the 
they went back to my hometown in Eccles in Salford. Yeah. And we walked the streets of that. And then we went and visited the first property that I bought. And yeah. some, of that, some of that had not been for 20 years. Yeah. And so it, that, that was a really nice uh, journey to go on and a privilege to have people film that yeah. for you almost. And, and but then to and ask questions about that journey that you went on. Yeah. Um, and so, and, and I think what they were doing amongst all the different characters that exist in that documentary is that they were trying to show, um, you know, how people from Manchester think and what makes it the, the different feel that the city feels so different from other cities. What would you say has motivated you to to because you've you've done a lot. <laughs> yeah, been busy. <laughs> yeah. Been very busy. <laughs> yeah. What, what 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 has made you want to push this so far? I think, um, well, th th I mean, there are different things that uh, we've been busy with. So there's the the property side of it is is one thing, and that's kind of business bit of it. But there's a there's a big motivator there to um, want to restore conservation buildings and right. and, and preserve those because they they fascinate me um, and 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 they interest me. And there's a legacy thing for sure. Yeah. There's definitely like a big headed element of me, which means that I, I like the idea that that when I'm not here anymore, that generations after me can go i think my great granddad was involved in that development somewhere yeah. that building somewhere yeah. so that's definitely part of it um and it, it feels like you know, like that creative bit in me like yeah. you, you can put a building somewhere that is you know art can be optional because you can you don't have to look at art if you don't want to but you yeah. kind of have to look at look at our built environment and it yeah. kind of exists and so um there's an ability to you know to put buildings and sculptures and and, and big big things in places that will be there forever so there's, there's a bit of that as a motivation and, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm wanting to, I, I, I like to feel like I'm part of the city yeah. in some way linked to it or yeah. a part of a part of, um, of, the, of the city's kind of story. I like yeah. that. I like that feeling. Like I feel like I'm home when I'm, when I'm in Manchester yeah. and, and that's a great feeling because it's nice to be closely associated with such a great thing. Yeah. Um, and then, and then the stuff on the, on, on the social side and the, and the, and the things that we've done with uh, homelessness as well yeah. is knowing that um i suppose is, is wanting to make sure that my friends and family and and so on are, um, are proud of what i do as well yeah. so uh, my mum and dad they both worked in care um and and so as a result when you sat on the dining table you hear about what's going on in their day yeah. and you realize that there's lots of deprivation and disadvantage yeah. uh, in our city the homeless have really took a bit of a it's been it's been tough the pandemic for the homeless hasn't it yeah massively and and i think that what's you know, certainly what what I learned growing up as a kid is that um, it doesn't take much for any of us to to have a couple of turns in life. That means that you could end up yeah. um, sleeping rough or homeless. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, and um and I, and I and even I remember as a kid actually um, that I remember when um, my dad lost his job. Yeah, that we had to I had to go and get you know yeah you got a dinner ticket to go to school. Yeah to get a free dinner you know to yeah, get a free yeah, dinner at yeah, school yeah. and and we had to wait in line and we were last in the queue to go in to get our yeah. free school dinner and i remember in that queue of people the that, that i was in that were left in the train. yeah totally they got the worst <laughs> bits of everything and um and i remember looking up and down that queue and there, was, there were people in that queue who were literally they they, they weren't even going going home to the mum and dad they were in care mm. and um and that was their only hot meal of the day so i was lucky and um and and so it's and that never leaves you actually you know the people the faces the people the names of the yeah. people that were in that queue with me are you know you never forget and remember those and you think and they are probably very likely candidates at the time to have ended up um, potentially homeless yeah and so and, and and then because you can do something about it you feel like a responsibility to, to do something do you about feel it responsibility yeah i do yeah it. yeah and um and i was asked i was asked about that on the documentary and i can't remember what i said what they asked me that loads of times actually um and the, and, and i suppose my answer varied depending upon what mood i was in a bit but 
I, I think, you know, because and, and, I, think, I think one of the things I said was, well, yeah, partly I do it out of guilt, you know, like, um, and yeah. they use, I think they use that and I got a bit do of you feel Do you feel guilty for becoming successful? Probably is a bit of me that does, yeah. Yeah, that is, it feels a bit like, well, it's, I'm, a, I'm, I'm Coming in a from dinner tickets to now being yeah, probably. I feel, where you are now. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a privileged position that, and, and yeah, there's a bit of guilt about it because, and you feel like you, and, and I got, I remember got, I got, I did get slagged off on social media for that, for that comment a bit. Um, Why? For saying, do you feel guilty? Yeah, because I'm not doing it because I'm not doing it because it's the right thing to do, apparently. You know, that was, that was, that was the criticism. Supposed, you can't be, I thought that was a nice thing to say. No, well, apparently, apparently I got a bit of criticism for it. Like, what you're doing it because you feel you feel bad. Uh, you need to make yourself feel better. Essentially, it'd be worse if you didn't feel bad. That's what I thought. That's what I think. <laughs> that's, that's what I think. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, do you know what care. I mean? Like, you didn't give a shit. Like, didn't care. Yeah, I'm rich. Fuck you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. <laughs> exactly. I thought. I thought. So, so yeah. So, um, but that, that, so that was. But and, and I've been honest as well. That, that's the truth. The matter is, I do it because, and I feel better about myself. Uh, yeah. For for for, for help. We all. It's weird. It like we like to do charitable acts even though we do them for the right reasons, we essentially do them to make ourselves feel better. Yeah, and you've got to be honest about yeah. that, I think. And, and again, I think I've got a bit of stick for saying that. But yeah. it's just the but it's the truth though, isn't it? Yeah. No one does something completely for someone else. They do yeah. something for someone else because ultimately how it makes them feel doing it. Yeah, and if people get a good feeling out of helping other people, and that's, that's a good, a good thing. thing. Yeah, it means, <laughs> you're, it means you're at least a half decent person. Right? <laughs> I think, absolutely. Yeah, dead right. And I think though, I think that I probably put extra pressure on myself because I feel like I can do something about it. Yeah. Because I can create, um, I can take some space and I can create some homes there that, and yeah. I can make them available for people from uh, that, that are that, that are homeless or sleeping rough yeah and so i think that's part of the problem is that i'm aware i am aware of that that i have an ability to influence other people to help mm -hmm. or to to help me or, or to to give money or um or, or I, I can i can i can gather a lot of people together in a space as well that i've got the expertise yeah. to enable us to do a project and, and that's you know that's something that we're doing at the minute in castlefield and so because i can help and i know that i have the ability to i feel yeah i do feel an obligation to do it and a pressure to do it and a yeah. responsibility really at what point in in this journey of becoming a property tycoon did you <laughs> that's awful that doesn't it <laughs> i like that tycoon, property tycoon. <laughs> Right. Well, what at what point on this journey of becoming? I kind of said property tycoon for a dramatic effect, then, by the way. But like, <laughs> no, like it. <laughs> um, would you say that you started feeling like, oh shit, I better start giving back here? Um, I suppose we've always had that. I think. I think from the very start, like literally from the first derelict house I took on and yeah. turned into and, and, and I turned it into a family home. I think that that was like you know I, I needed that kick of right. getting a good feeling about doing a good thing so yes i probably could have made more money if i turned it into bed sits and rented it out yeah. um sort of thing but actually i realized fairly early on it, it that I, I wanted to i wanted to get a good feeling from the work i did and yeah. have a sense of pride and actually i also thought if, if i do a good thing then i'll get the chance to do more yeah and that's got to be great hasn't it that's yeah. a good way to grow a business actually yeah. and i think that the next generation that comes through and in fact a lot of people that, that, that work in our workspaces or yeah. live in our homes that we create generationally generationally they have a choice and they understand that they have a choice about who they spend their money with mm -hmm. and and i think that they prefer to spend that money with us more socially a conscious business yeah. and, and be it a property company or be it where they buy their mobile phone from or their trainers from. Um, so we're seeing that shift actually. And, and that I think, I hope is going to be the future for many more businesses actually is they want to, is that socially conscious businesses will grow. Yeah. And those that aren't and don't care about the environment or they don't care about their, the effect that they have on society will will disappear. I think, I think it's interesting that you say that you could have turned it into loads of bedsits and made loads more money, but you chose not to. 
I feel like it's those kind of decisions, like it's kind of a spiritual thing to say, but I kind of feel that when you make those kind of decisions, you're putting that energy out there that can only bring you back more positivity. Yeah. And um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think what if more businesses start do making sort of social impactful decisions, um, it can only be more rewarding for them. Yeah, it's good business as well. It's yeah, good business. Yeah. I don't sit here saying I, I'm. It's I'm, I'm, I'm holier than thou either. Yeah. I'm saying Robin Hood. It's a good, no, it's a, <laughs> it's a good business model, you know, isn't yeah. it? But it's a great in, in, in that it can have different advantages for like you know, it can help everyone as, yeah. as a result. And you can and, it, and it, it's a demonstration proof of the fact that you can grow a business. You know, we spend two million pounds a week now on average every week, week wow. in week out. Two million pounds a week on on on, on, on development. development and regeneration. So, you know, and, and that's a hell of a cash flow to manage. Yeah, it is. Yeah, <laughs> thankfully, there's smarter people in the office than me uh, that, are, that are looking after the numbers. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, yeah, it, it's 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 going to a beast, but that's by doing the right thing. And yeah. I think Manchester is actually a city that um, that will help people who want to do good stuff. Yeah. And will help support people and businesses that want to do good stuff as well. Yeah. So that's another big thing I'd say. Is, it's got a good community, business community, yeah. hasn't it? Yes, and I, I'm massively grateful for that business community. And, I, and actually, that concept of leave the ladder down as well is something yeah. that is really important to me. So. I'm, I'm always trying to make sure that, that that we are commissioning smaller organisations and younger organisations than us yeah. to to work on our projects for us because they you know and and we'd expect them to do the same as well because I was helped massively helped by the business community to get to, to you know to get to where we are as a business. Yeah. What are you spending two million pound a week on? Uh, yeah, I suppose is buying land and buildings and and <laughs> and, and, and uh, restoring them, converting them, building new ones. Yeah, yeah, but and creating new spaces. Yeah, yeah, it's. And we've averaged that for the past three years now in terms really? of two million. Uh, yeah, it used to be a million. Uh, I remember it was a million a week on average two, two, two or three years ago. That's Seventy million um, quid over the past. Oh yeah, three I mean years. yeah. So you yeah we're doing yeah hundred hundred million a year basically turnover hundred million a year. Wow. I mean, but some of our projects are big, like Campus, which is next to the Gay Village. Yeah. The gross development value of that is quarter of a billion pounds. That's nearly finished actually construction. Wow. So, um, so you soon get up there with property. You know, it soon the numbers soon end up being big. Um, and so, and and how uh, how many other property companies are doing this in Manchester? And there's there's like there's, there's a few there's there? a few there's a good few there's like there's a good uh, three or four that are that, that are at that scale I'd say in terms of growth and so this skyline in Manchester is going to completely transform over time, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it already has. I mean, yeah, I keep wondering when it, if, if it will slow down or stop, but there's no signs of it. I mean, I, can't, I, keep, I keep thinking surely there's we built so many homes and apartments. Can you see now. skyscrapers being inhuman? Like, yeah, I mean they're getting. I mean they're right there. They're on the edge of it now, aren't yeah. they? Um, in with Deansgate Square, you know, you're just a you're just a stone's throw from yeah. Hume um, to, so and I think it's great to see that variety of different types of buildings and architecture, yeah. um, as long as it's balanced and as long as it's inclusive. And I think yeah. that's the next big agenda for the city is how you ensure that everybody gets to benefit from it. Yeah, I've got to benefit from it. You yeah. know, personally, it's great for me. Yeah, I got stuck in and was involved in that growth. But yeah. but actually, I can understand how, well, how does an, the next kid out of Salford look up at the skyscrapers in the city in the distance and think that they can be a beneficiary of that? They, of that. they can be, mm -hmm. but we need to make sure that we are doing uh, our best. So that's why we started that that program, Regeneration Brainery, you know, right. the, the, which is, we, we take diverse and disadvantaged young adults. Yeah. Um, and, and bring them into the built environment sector and right. show them and inspire them as to what they can do as a in, in the career in the built environment in property wow. development. We started that in 2017 as a non-profit and mm -hmm. we now work with 100 adults, young adults every year throughout wow, the UK, really? grown out of Manchester <clears throat> to Birmingham, we're in Bristol, London. Um, so it's all over the UK now that? Yeah, we scaled it across the UK. Wow. It's grown arms and legs and now we're now supported by um, um, Lloyds Bank yeah. and Homes England, 
which is the government agency for homes now support that that, yeah. that, that growth of that of that um, community interest company yeah and um and so it's and, and it's that sort of thinking i think is, is is fairly uniquely manchester which is okay well how do we you know create some platform for the next generation because yeah the, the city's growth is a great um you know um it's creating great social mobility for the next generation of people yeah. coming in you know there's going to be great job opportunities in green energy you know yeah. or, or in, in green construction um in in you know some of the biggest businesses are taking up space in greater manchester because yeah. of well-educated well you know well-trained people yeah. um that can that can work here uh and and therefore um they can access that 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 um that growth but we need to help them on that way and yeah and open up um their our black book for them if you like what other cities in in the uk are seeing this kind of growth is it just manchester or no i think it's we're probably seeing it in other cities probably not on the same scale as manchester yeah. um but i think i think I, I certainly think that you've seen it in in leeds i'd say is a, yeah, it's, leeds it's, has changed that's a got lot, a big growth. sheffield is yeah. growing a lot and actually it's higher education i think that's driving mm -hmm. a lot of it which is great you know, so that's, it's that's bringing really the people there, which is bringing the businesses. Yeah, so it's starting there. So any yeah. universe, any any city that gets uni first, yeah. is 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 great. And we're doing this. We're building these big film and TV studios in Liverpool. Yeah, I heard about that. So um, what what's that? Um, it's going to be. We've got Twickenham Film Studios coming up from Twickenham to uh, to, 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 to no way they come Twickenham. from Twickenham. Yeah. <laughs> I think they're the oldest film and TV studio. It's a great name, isn't it? How did they come up with that? So Twickenham uh, Film Studios is moving to Liverpool. Yeah, they, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I don't think they're changing the name either. I do not. No, they're changing the name. No, no. All this film, uh, film studios in in the world, you think? And um, really, yeah. If you look at what they've what they've made, you know, it's like, like Charlie Chaplin and stuff like that. Yeah, mega. It's me all that stuff. It's unbelievable. Wow. Right the way through to like they've done all, a load of Beatles videos. Um, right the way through to um, oh, just just the amount of content of yeah. films like classics that they did and wow. they've done. So. Um, so that's that's dead exciting. Yeah. And that's again that's that's about preventing. So what is that going to be like a new media city there? Yeah, of a sort. I mean, it's based around uh, yeah, film and television uh, content production, but it's to stop that brain drain from Liverpool City region back yeah. out to you know London, essentially yeah. a lot of it. So it's or keeping here. that post, uh, auto, yeah, automatic Manchester. Because yeah. what was happening was that well, exactly that they were filming stuff in Liverpool mm -hmm. because of its great shorelines or great listed buildings, yeah. and they're clearing off back down to post production yeah. back out to London, say. Yeah. And, um, and actually, what you need to do is keep that spend and keep that talent and that resource in yeah. the city. Um, and so what we've done is we've it's great for Manchester as well. That yeah, it is more in the north. The doorstep, yeah, exactly more in the north. And uh, we're co-locating Liverpool John Moores University alongside the film studios, and the uh, and that's a huge campus. Yeah, that, that's going to share knowledge and resources and skills and equipment and yeah. and so on. And to, so that when you've graduated from that university, you've actually worked on proper films and television stuff. Wow. So mm. it's and that's the future of cities. Yeah. And when's that going to be kicking off? Hopefully, uh, the first two studios are currently under construction uh, yeah. next door uh, to our site, and, our, and, and then um, the the it's a conversion of the buildings and yeah. two more two new sound stages will hopefully start later this year. So, with you doing all this different stuff, what like what do you, what do you wake up in the morning and do? Like, where do you start with all this? Okay, I mean, I wake up well. With, I've got four kids and a, and a and a dog as well, so um, wake up, I wake up in the morning <laughs> properly early. Have a pig. And I normally get yeah, exactly. <laughs> I normally get yeah. A, a, one of the kids like smacking me over there with a toy to wake yeah. me up or something like that. And um and then and then where do I and and so I mean I like stuff that challenges me and that's yeah. difficult and that's and, and and I definitely like to be. Um, I suppose there must be an element of me that likes to be, um, like almost 
uh, worried about what I... What I what, anxiety. What, yeah, Ali, yeah, I must buzz up. I must get enough I've real. I've got no anxiety today. It's <laughs> like a new build. Yeah, let's do, let's do something else. Must be. So if, if, if everything's going well, I get, I get anxious. I think yeah. that's weird now. That's strange. Well, I think I'm, I'm a bit similar in that sense. I always have to have like a new project or a new... I have to constantly be going forward in something. If I ever feel like I'm static, yeah. I start getting anxiety. And I've, yeah, I've always yeah, had yeah. anxiety anyway, but it's sort of like a... It's like a trigger for it. Yeah, yeah. So it's almost like they say that, you know, um, that you, you fight off mental health by keeping busy and going mm -hmm. to the gym. Yeah. And um, not uh, fight off mental health, you fight off me mental health issues, et cetera, by keeping busy and going to... And yeah. I think that's definitely true. That when you, if you, if I'm static, that's, that, is, that, that pandemic, lockdown one, which yeah. when I literally stayed at home for three months in lockdown one. Yeah. No gym, no, apart no. from... Weather wasn't too bad, so you could crack on outside. Yeah, but that was good. Generally speaking, I mean, that was like the most anxious I've ever been in my life because like the whole yeah. the whole world had stopped. That's right, yeah. I did a lot of, I'd, I'd walk a lot. I'd yeah. go and find the nearest fields and walk for yeah. ages and hours yeah. and hours and hours. Yeah. And my walks kept getting longer and longer, yeah. uh, which, which was great to yeah. discover it. But I'm, I'm, I'm definitely not the kind of like um, smash it business person, gets up at the crack of dawn and absolutely has it all together. I am not that. Yeah, no. I'm like... Oh, flipping heck. What um, am I doing? I'm late already. Yeah, running out of the house with a broom. <laughs> <laughs> totally. That's me, like disorganized and just, uh, yeah. So um, I'm, I'm not, yeah. I read, you know, some people, you know, you're, you're reading publications, yeah. people's diet, you know, they, they, yeah. they did their diary about how they're smashing it yeah. with international calls and they're up yeah. at 5 a.m. and they're in the gym. 5 a.m. in the gym, no, 5.15. That's not me. I like to like go get, get, get up. at 6.30. <laughs> not me at all. Not at all. <laughs> Cup of tea, yeah. and then, and then let, 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 let's uh, let's take the dog for a walk, and yeah. uh, let's pour the kids bowls of cornflakes, and, and then let's think about what I might want to do that day. <laughs> I think, yeah, I need that headspace to like be able to think about ideas creatively yeah. for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm a bit similar. I'm not like I always I always like fantasize of being like some Harvey Specter kind of guy, <laughs> yeah. like five a.m. <laughs> in the gym. I could never go to gym at five a.m. No, no. The earliest I can go to the gym is nine. And even then, I'm like, nah, I've got okay. <laughs> totally. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not my thing at no, all. I'm not, never, I'm not a morning person, to no, be honest. I never understand people that can do that, that like, like, can, can have that such structure in their life. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a fan of that. I no. like to, like, um, yeah, just like roll with the punches a little bit and yeah. see how it goes and see how I feel. Yeah, same. Yeah, makes it more interesting, I think. Yeah, you know? I don't like routine either. I don't like too much routine. No. I like to, every day to be a little bit different. Definitely. Yeah, that's it. And, the, and of course, I've got the advantage now that as you grow, as, a, as a grow, you grow your team around you yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And you can put very diligent and very super intelligent people as well alongside yeah. that can... And stuff that you are not the best at. Yeah, oh, yeah, they can bring a bit of order to my chaos. Yeah. Um, but it's a good mix, of course, yeah. as well. You know, the, you know, I own the business with Adam Higgins, my business partner. Yeah. And he's, you know, brilliantly organized, brilliantly dil diligent and detailed kind of guy. Yeah. And, and you need that, you know, yeah. that variety. And you're the creative chaotic yeah, a bit more yeah, yeah a bit more ideas and and, and, and new things because yeah. i quickly get bored of old things yeah and that's and that's you know yeah. that, that's kind of what moves us forward as a business as well i think that's what you need you need balance though don't you? you need someone yeah. who can who can push the pen and make sure everything's done properly in yeah. order professionally they need someone to come up with all the crazy ideas that that person then to actually yeah put into into some kind of order that's it, and that's the fun stuff. I like the yeah. weird, I, I like, and I like the weird stuff as well, like events and we like to put on, you know, uh, you know, street art events or yeah. you know, live music gigs or concerts or yeah. whatever. And we try and do it off to raise funds as well, so it's yeah. got a, it's got a meaningful and purpose to it. Yeah. But that's also a big bit of the placemaking. You yeah. know, is like let's take a derelict car park and then yeah. let's do some. Let's get 
you know, let's get um, some great DJ sets on the go. Let's get some street artists on the go. Uh, let's get some street food. Yeah. Um, and let's invite people along to it and yeah. um, and let them reimagine how a place could be. Yeah. But it's good fun to have a party as well yeah. and, and you raise funds as well. So it's brilliant. It works well. Brilliant. Tim, thank you so much for today. It's been Thanks brilliant. for having me.